The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and JL related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and enter weekly for your chance to win two 2018 JL Wranglers from now through November 15, 2017. Welcome to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea, editor and publisher of TheWeeklyDriver.com. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host, as always, is Bruce Aldrich, and our guest today is um, Henry Roberson, uh, lives in the Sacramento area, has been a drag racer for about half his life now, and uh, Henry, welcome to the show. How are you today? Yes, sir. Thank you, James, man. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me, James and Bruce, man. I appreciate the opportunity and, uh, and I look forward to speaking to you guys. You're, you're welcome. Thanks for being available. Um, we've... We met uh, via phone. We've never met in person uh, a while back, and I was fascinated by your your career. So let's start with the fact that you you learned your craft from your father, who was a drag racer in San Francisco. And can you uh, tell us how you began in the sport? And I know that your father is still your I guess would be your biggest fan. So tell us about your start with your with your dad. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, my dad, uh, back in the day, uh, he was born in 1942. So when he was growing up, you know, when he's a teenager in, uh, in San Francisco, uh, there wasn't really much of an NHRA sport, you know, a sanctioned sport to take your race car to or your street car to go, you know, test it out. So a uh, majority of the kids would race on the street. It was a normal thing. Um, you know, the cops would even would even sit back and watch, you know, and, uh, you know, because they're, they're trying to be safe, you know, not going to busy streets and stuff. So, uh, you know, they were just, uh, they wanted to have fun with their cars. When, uh, you know, as the years went on, uh, then a Fremont drag strip opened up and, uh, and Sacramento Raceway as well. So um, that gave, you know, the kids an opportunity to take their cars off of the street and do it in a little more safe environment. So, uh, so when my dad moved here with my mom in uh, 1978, they moved to Sacramento. Uh, I was born in 1986, which is uh, eight years after that. So um, since the day I was born, I was pretty much born and raised at the drag strip. Uh, first, my first week alive, uh, my dad had a big race here at SAC. So uh, my mom, you know, was carrying me in her arms and uh, trying to keep me away from the noise and the crowd. And uh, <laughs> but uh, but grew up grew up at the racetrack, man. And uh, so it's, it's kind of in my blood, uh, just like a lot of racers uh, like myself, people that really invest themselves into the sport, uh, they pretty much have grew up around the sport because of either their parents or, um, you know, a family member that uh, partook in at an early age. Yes, I remember when we last spoke, you, you said this wonderful thing about your dad's still out there at the track and he's not all that competitive anymore, but you said this, <laughs> you said this great thing that when you win, your dad wins, and I love that. So. Uh, I'm assuming that your yes, dad, sir. your dad, and you were still very close, and, and you do a lot of stuff together. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. I mean, I, I wish I could be around a little bit more, as I don't, uh, you know, live in my parents' house anymore. But, uh, but yeah, we we've, we've always built cars together, you know, and uh, and go and race and test cars together. So, uh, and uh, like you said, uh, he is a little older in age now. He just turned 75 on uh, on Friday the 13th in October. So, uh, so he's 75 years old, but he still has fun uh, in, um, competing with us. So he'll go out and. Uh, he, uh, he drives a little Chevy Love truck with a 350 and a four-speed Muncie, uh, Muncie transmission, so it's still a stick car. So uh, he goes out there and bangs through the gears, has fun. He, like I said, he's not very competitive anymore, so he'll usually lose uh, first round or second <laughs> round. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like you said, uh, he, uh, that's his joy, though. He, uh, I pretty much I keep the money, and uh, he takes all the trophies. So uh, he, he parades the trophies all over town trying to acquire new sponsors and uh, – 
and you know, kind of letting everybody know uh, what you know what his boy's been up to in uh, in the winter circle. So he's he's very proud, and uh, and I definitely appreciate everything he's done for me. Who gets to kiss the pretty girls? <laughs> I actually caught a little flag from my fiance on that one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I mentioned more as just, uh, just uh, per se. I was trying to, I was trying to relate it to NASCAR because I know a lot of people are like into NASCAR. Yes. And, uh, you know, you, you imagine a winner's circle. You imagine, you know, uh, shaking the champagne, spraying it everywhere, and you know, you got the winner's circle girls while they're taking the pictures, and you know, that's that's kind of what I was trying to relate it to. Uh, sure. In my sport, we don't really, we don't really per se have uh, have you know the the camera girls that are up there with us but uh <laughs> so uh so i guess the pretty girl would, uh, would be uh, my fiance julia alvarado that'd be the one that'd be kissing me <laughs> that was a, that was a perfectly go. wonderful answer good for you you get a lot of points you get a lot of points yeah i was <laughs> yeah keep the girlfriend in there anyway uh, yeah <laughs> henry i was really interested in, i bet your dad his knowledge base of if you're having trouble you're 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 just not on your game or whatever's happening with the mechanically with the vehicle he knows all about uh, tires, uh, the pressures, the um, what's going on with the motor, all that stuff. That he's just got a wealth of knowledge to help you with. I'm sure, correct? De definitely. I um, mean, I, I think actually, uh, um, a little bit of the knowledge has uh, has actually gone over his head nowadays, uh, just with technology and the way things have progressed over the years. But uh, but definitely, though, he's very knowledgeable. Just like a lot of other people out at the track, uh, a lot of the older guys that you know have been around the sport forever. So I mean, we can. Uh, we can always look to them for help or, you know, if we have any questions or needs, uh, we always will help each other out. Uh, regardless if you're racing the person the very next round or not, they'll give you a hand or a part if you need it. Uh, we all look to help each other out um, until until we line up together when it's time to race and, you know, it's, it's, it's try to knock their head off time. But, um, but yeah, we all, we all definitely uh, go hand in hand and look after each other like a big old family at the track. That's great. The in, You mentioned the technology. Um, actually, in drag racing, there's a lot of technology out there that you they don't allow, correct? Like uh, traction control, uh, onboard computers, uh, you know, you, you have data recorders, I guess, at some point. You can, you can see how the car did, sure. but, but you don't, there's no live telemetry or anything like that allowed, right? True. Uh, well, there's, there's, there is different classes and categories that, uh, that will allow certain, um, aids like you're, like you're speaking on the, you know, that, uh, the track, the data record and everything like that, like a race pack system, onboard system, um, certain categories outlaw it. And then, uh, I mean, in the highest category of type of, of bracket. So what I do is bracket racing is, uh, it's a form of drag racing. It's, uh, it's by a lapse time. Um, you're racing basically against the clock, not necessarily so much against the other person. So, um, so we, we do have a lot of rules that are set in place to make it a fair game, uh, to make it as fair as possible. But, um, but the highest, uh, the highest level of bracket racing is called super pro. That's the, the category or box. Uh, and what it is, is an, it's an electronic box that allows you to, um, so type in numbers into the box and then, uh, it kind of does the work for you on reaction time and also on what the car is going to run down the track. So, um, so, but it, even at that point though, it's still a fair game because everybody's allowed to use it, whether they take advantage of it or not by using it, uh, by utilizing it, that's up to them. But, but it is still a fair game as, uh, as the rules will allow everybody to use the same or have the same advantage as uh, their opponents. What, what kind of car do you have? What, what describe it a bit. So, uh, so like I told, uh, like I told James previously, uh, me and my dad, we we've, we've always uh, kind of noted ourselves as budget racers, uh, pick and pull racers. Uh, we we go to pick and pull and get parts, you know, and uh, try to make something out of nothing. Try to keep our, 
try to keep our costs low. Our budget um, isn't very high. So, uh, so my, my race car is a 1984 Ford Mustang GT. Um, just has a little pick and pull small black 302, just like you find in a normal 5.0 Mustang driving on the street today. Um, it has uh, some nice heads, big cam, big intake, uh, big carburetor, but uh, but for the most part, it's a stock bottom end motor, so nothing too special on the bottom end. If it blows up, I have five, six more of them in storage, no big deal, just swap it out and, and continue racing. So um, that's how we're able to maintain our racing is just by keeping the cost low or trying to. And um, I mean, in my car total, I might have maybe six grand total in the entire operation. And I race against $100,000 race cars and beat them regularly. So it's not necessarily uh, how much money you have in the car. It's based more on skill and uh, repetition and um, the want drive and a little bit of luck. Gotcha. Go ahead, Bruce. Wow. So consistency is the name of the game in, in bracket racing. Correct. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, consistency is everything. Um, I mean, I've I've won in uh, every single car that we owned ever. I mean, uh, like uh, per se, uh, Bruce, what, what kind of car do you drive to work today? Uh, Subaru Outback, not too racy, uh, but, it, but it's got four wheel drive for traction. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't matter if it's got four wheels and a motor. I'll, I can put it in the winner's circle for you and get you a trophy. So I mean, we can we can go out on Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday, and I can show you how how to race and uh, and I can win with that car. I can win with any car. So it's not it's not necessarily performance. I mean, obviously, going fast is fun. But um, but it doesn't make you a winner in my sport. Money and and how fast your car is does not determine you uh, putting that car into the winner. So it's all repetition and uh, and a little bit of luck. <laughs> gotcha. Wow. I know Henry that we yeah. talked earlier also about you do have uh, some people who are supportive of you sponsors. So uh, tell us who those folks are and, and and what you do for them and what they do for you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, sponsorship's always going to be a big part of any motorsports because uh, I mean, uh, it's it's hard to maintain something by yourself. And and though we keep our budgets low, um, still I race all over the West Coast. So even just gas on going to Las Vegas a couple times a year, I mean, can you know add up pretty quickly. So uh, so yeah, we we definitely look to our sponsors for help, and um, and they uh, they also get their uh, their worth out of it by spreading their you know their good business name and passing out cards and stuff of that nature. So. Um, so it's a hand-in-hand -hand thing. Uh, Rockland Automotive, uh, my buddy Mark Ferrier is up in uh, Rockland, California, across the street from uh, the Galleria. He, uh, he owns a, a shop up there, and uh, they do all types of stuff from tune-ups to, to smogs to um, full restoration builds. So he has a wide array of uh, uh, business that he can conduct from his place, and uh, he's a good guy. Um, also, Bodie, uh, Jay Bodie from uh, Street Outlaws. That's uh, one of my good friends, and he uh, he's backed me recently. So uh, um, yeah, definitely we uh, we definitely appreciate all the help that we do receive, and uh, and like I said, even though we keep it pretty low budget, it's still nice to have that support and people um, you know that are willing to back you, uh, put their name behind you. Are they also also putting m mechanical expertise, or is it are you guys the wrenches, or do they help you out like I don't know rebuilding a rear end or a new transmission or something? <laughs> Yeah, no. For the most part, uh, for the most part, I do everything myself. Um, I mean, I will outsource, you know, help uh, as far as rebuilding a tranny or stuff like that. But uh, I'm still young. I'm uh, I just turned 31 years old, so I'm still, you know, looking to learn uh, myself. So when I do have somebody outsourced to do work for me, I, I like to be right there in the shop with them, learning how to do this stuff. So one day, you know, I'll be able to do it all by myself. Uh, but but no, for the most part, my sponsors, uh, it's basically just financial help uh, or even just um, just saying that they're helping, you know, so uh, so we get their name out there for them and show them, you know, that we're, sure. uh, yeah. we're not just trying to look for handouts. We're actually trying to, you know, go hand in hand with a business partner and make them uh, profitable as well. 
That's great. I when I we first spoke, I was I was taken aback when I asked you how many times you've won uh, over the years, and and I know that you had one championship, but you said you've won between three hundred and four hundred races uh, through the brackets yeah. and all those things. So could you could you explain? Um, for someone like me, this meeting you the first time, it was all new to me. So you have a field of a uh, 150 cars or 200 cars, and how does that whittle down? And what do you do between uh, the brackets if you have seven or eight rounds? Take us through how, what what kind of day that is, or what kind of weekend that is. Yep, no, no problem. And uh, and first of all, I want to say, uh, yeah, just uh, you kind of caught me off guard with that question <laughs> when you would ask me the first time, and uh, I may have exaggerated just a hair, but I still believe that it's a solid two to three hundred wins that I do have. That's impressive. Uh, just uh, just yeah. A, uh, yeah, just the the math. If you you know if you do the math at three to four hundred, uh, that'd be a, about twenty wins a year in my sixteen years of racing. So um, that's that's pretty tough to get. You know, over ten wins a year is pretty decent, and that's where I feel I've I've been throughout my career. But um, but yeah, uh, I've, I've had I've been during a lot of success uh, on the track, and uh, I mean it didn't come overnight. Like I said, I was born at the track, so I've always uh, I mean I found a paper uh, in my mom's uh, basement not too long ago that uh, it was from third grade. And my teacher asked, you know, what what do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, in my sloppy handwriting, I said I want to be a race car driver. So I mean, <laughs> that's fantastic. And, uh, it's not it's, it's, it wasn't an overnight decision. I've been groomed for this. I've this is all that I've wanted to do my entire life, and I'm uh, I'm trying to excel in the sport, make a name for myself, but. Uh, but yeah, um, as far as a normal race day, uh, like you said, when we go out of town to a bigger race, uh, there'll be a couple hundred cars, and uh, it's in a it's in a bracket elimination uh, platform. So, so if there's 200 cars first round, um, it's a single elimination race. So it's one on one race. It's a you know mano a mano race. Um, if you lose, you go home. If you win, you go on to second round. So if you start off the day with 200 cars. Second round, there'll be 100 cars. Third round, there'll be 50 cars, and so on. So to get all the way down, so there's two cars left. That's your that's your winner and runner up. And um, and like you said, I've I've endured a lot of success of getting down to those final rounds. Uh, they usually pay down to around eight cars, sometimes 16 cars left, depending on how big the race is. But um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a grueling day though. It, it starts at 8 a.m. and you're usually out there till 10 p.m. if you're still going around and. Uh, I mean, it takes a lot out of you. It's a lot of dedication, and uh, it's a uh, it's a great feeling, though, when you actually do um, get that success. Though that all that work, those long nights, you know, they pay off, and it's a it's a wonderful feeling. Wow, I'll say. Hey, when you're when you're running these uh, bracket competitions, and you get down to those final rounds, are you running a car in the same bracket, or could it still be a VW versus a Corvette? So, so yeah, that, that's going to be determined by the uh, the race that you're entered in. So, like, when we go to, like, a normal points race here in Sacramento, let's say, uh, we have four different categories, and they're they're separated by, by how fast your car is, um, by uh, by certain things like tires that are being used, and then also by the electronics, as you mentioned before. So that'd be the highest class Super Pro, you know, where anything goes, basically, if you, if you have access to it, you're able to use it. And um, so, so that's going to give you the the breakdown of you know of uh, what cars you may race within that within that race. So, like me myself, I, I have an '84 Mustang. It only runs like 1140s, 1150s right now. And um, and I race against seven second dragsters all the time in that Super Pro class in that hardest category. I run against you know guys that's dialed 750 in a. I don't know if you're familiar with a dragster with the long skinny um, yeah, you know, sure, rail looking sure, cars. Sure. Yeah. 
Yep, yeah, so I, I race against those type of cars. So, I mean, uh, from their point of view, when they look over and see me in their head, they may think, oh, you know, I got an easy win right now. But in my <laughs> head, I'm thinking I'm the underdog. They're going to have to put it on me because I'm, I'm planning on putting this guy on the shelf. He's going home. My, uh, my early exposure to uh, drag racing was uh, Sacramento Raceway that you mentioned that I guess some of your early exposure was to. Mine was back in the seven. Mine was back in the seventies. Uh, what's going on at Sacramento Raceway nowadays? Yeah, so uh, so right now it's a, it's a trying time. Um, I mean, uh, the track has been put up for sale uh, recently. Um, earlier this year, it was posted up for sale by Dave Smith, the owner. Um, and uh, it's it's sad, man. It's sad. Uh, us as racers, um, we've we've all kind of known that this was coming, that this day was coming. But uh, but now that the day is here. Um, we're all kind of trying to put our foot down and you know work with the work with the public, work with the county and the city, and see if there's any ways that we can we can work around this issue. Um, um, basically, uh, around 2001, I believe it was, uh, a uh, an investor bought some of the property behind the racetrack and they started putting up houses. And um, and us, us as racers, as soon as we saw that those houses going up, we kind of knew that this day was coming. So um, so now that it's here, uh, like I said, we're just we're looking into into ways with working with the county and the city and see if you know there's something that can be done to either prolong it or uh, or possibly uh, halt the the process of uh, taking over the track. You've you've been on uh, local television channels in the Sacramento area, and you've done some I guess calling it outreach work. So what was that experience like uh, when you went on television and and do you think you've made any progress is there is there any potential light at the end of the tunnel to keep the the racetrack going I appreciate it thank you man and uh, yeah no I, I definitely take pride in uh, in you know being able to to have my face out there as uh, speaking for Sac Raceway because uh, because I do this is my passion I do take great pride in this place and um, and the people of Sacramento Raceway you know it's a it's a family it's not a it's not a big corporation or a big business this is a, a family owned and operated small business in Sacramento that's been rooted here since the early 60s so I mean this isn't a you know a new place this place has been around and a lot of people just like yourself you know have been you know grew going there since the 70s and 60s you know they remember the you know the names and big names and faces that have raced there you bet and, uh, you know whether they believe as deeply as i do in it or not like uh it's a fixture here in sac it's really a, you know something that's always been around as a you know a place to go race your car to go safely you know test the limits of your car so um so yeah no i do take pride in, uh, in being the person that you know was able to go on the news and uh and kind of get the word out there and uh and i've received a lot of great <laughs> feedback and um, a lot of people reached out to me from that, so uh, so I, I, I'm very blessed with the opportunity I have to do that. Yeah, well, I hope you're successful, because I, I sure enjoy, uh, I probably live eight miles away from that track, and on um, many a Saturday night, I can hear the, uh, when they run the, the, big, <laughs> the big stuff out there, I can hear it, and it's music to my ears, but uh, yeah. maybe not and I, <laughs> some I was, people. I, I, was also for, I, I was also fortunate, as we discussed, to you know, early early in my career as a journalist, I did I I know a little bit now, but I didn't know anything. And they, and when I worked at the B, they'd sent me out there to go interview Don Garlitz or or uh, Cha Cha Muldowney or some of the John Force. And I was I was uh, mesmerized by who these people were that they would you know race their car for a quarter mile, the engine would blow, and then they'd put a new engine and they'd do it again. And then you saw then you saw alcohol burning cars and people were catching on fire, and it was you couldn't see the flames, and it was it was a whole new world. And I I was. I haven't been out there much since then, but I'll never, I'll never forget those experiences. It was, it's fantastic. So maybe, maybe there's a chance that it'll, it'll all work out. I don't know. I hope so. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, and I mean, we're still keeping faith, you know, as far as as hopefully uh, something a miracle can happen. Miracles do happen, you know. But uh, I mean, right now it's not looking too good. We have petitioned the city, uh, the the director of supervisors for Sac County. Uh, we've we've petitioned him, so we're still waiting on responses. We're still working, and I mean, there's there's lots of lawyers and legalities involved in this. So, I mean, it's not just a you know open and closed case if it sells even uh, per se. So. So, uh, so we're hoping, you know, that um, we're we're at least guaranteed at least till 2020 to still uh, have operation of the track, um, and then after that, it's kind of up in the air. So, I mean, after 2020, um, if if we're blessed, you know, to have another, you you really don't know if it gets tied up in litigation, it can go another five to ten years, and we'll still be able to operate as a track while they're trying to figure out the plans of the of the land. But um, but at the same time, we're also looking into different avenues as far as uh, maybe maybe having a racetrack. Uh, built in another location on Sacramento, uh, Sacramento ground. So, so I mean, um, there's still there's still a lot of options. I think we can get the investments if uh, if Sac County will give us a place to to build a new track. It's it's very possible that you know there may be a new Sacramento Raceway that'll pop up. That would be great. Yeah, I know that you've had a long season, uh, Henry, and and we spoke on the phone yesterday that you had plans to go to one race. I believe it was in uh, Oregon, and it was canceled. But now you're going to race one more time this year. So. Tell us about your full season that you've had and your last race of the season before you get some time away from the racetrack. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. Um, so, so each track uh, they run their own points point series, like Sac Raceway. We usually have about twelve races a year, and uh, here in Northern California, we have uh, Sacramento, Sonoma, and Redding Raceway that are pretty fairly close. So, just that right there, that's about thirty six times a year that I'll get the chance to race, uh, possibly. So, um, so yeah, it, it has been a definitely a long season, uh, as they all are, and um, I, I had another good successful year. Uh, the car is still running. I'm still in one piece, so uh, very thankful for that. Um, we do have uh, one more race coming up at the end of this month. It'll be on the 26th of November. That Sunday, the 26th, that'll be in Sonoma Raceway, uh, pending weather, of course. So, uh, so yeah, we have that coming up. And then uh, the, the Wednesday after that will be the final uh, Wednesday night uh, fun drags at Sacramento Raceway here. Um, and that one is actually being by a small business in Sacramento. I forget the name right now, but they're sponsoring it. They're seeding the pot with $500. So uh, so it's going to be a nice little payout. All the 100% of the of the buy-in will go back to the racers. So uh, so that'll be the last opportunity of the year uh, here in Sacramento as well, the, week, or the Wednesday uh, directly after the Sonoma race. Great. Hey, that sounds like fun. You got me fired up. I want to go back to the drag strip again. <laughs> Maybe Bruce and I will take yeah, up, I want, take a road trip. I want, and we'll to, go I want to take. I want to take your. Uh, I want to take your Subaru down the track and show you. Uh, show you I can get a trophy in your car for you. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. Pick, pick and pull a, a three hundred two and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> don't even need it, brother. Don't even need it, man. I'm telling you. And that's that's what I love about my sport so much. Just but like I like I've tried to relay to you that it doesn't really matter about money or or the car that you have. It's a it's a true fair game sport. That's why I love my sport so much. It doesn't matter about the money or the time that you even put into it. A lot of it has to do with luck and skill. And um, I believe the skill outweighs the luck side of it. But that's that's what I love about it, though. That anybody can go out and be dedicated like I am and have success within this sport. It's not it's not anything to do with your pocket or you know or or your you know your your wealth that's not that's not what's going to put you far ahead of anybody else in this sport it's a it's a true fair game sport until that light drops then it's not fair anymore then my then my 16 years of experience is gonna is gonna probably take over you know your first time down the track you're probably gonna gonna end up on the wrong end of the of the wind light <laughs> sounds like you're challenging me <laughs> 
I gotta get like that super. Anybody can do it, dude. And that's why I love it. Women, women, children. Uh, we we start kids start racing all the way down at uh, I believe they lower the age limit now down to six years old. Wow. So, um, so junior jacksters, yeah, they, they're starting to groom them really early. And uh, I mean, obviously they're very slow, and uh, you know the the pace is is uh, kind of dumbed down so they can learn. But um, but yeah, no, they they get involved very early, and uh, that gives them years and years of experience before they're even able to drive a car legally. You know, so uh, so when they do get out on the street, they're more safe and you know more aware of their surroundings and understanding of how to operate a vehicle safely. Uh, Henry, two quick other areas. Um, number one, you talked about the women in the sport, and I'm curious about that. And and then the last question would be about the safety. So, um, you mentioned to me that women are really good at this sport, and and you had some some theories as to why that they're pretty good. So. Um, <laughs> how many how many are out there competing when you when you go to different racetracks and and uh, why do you think that women make good drag racers? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I don't know exactly the you know the stats on the numbers behind, but uh, but like I spoke about junior drag racing where they where they start very young. So I mean, you know, if I, I don't have any kids myself, but if I have a daughter, I'm gonna put her in the junior dragsters. I'm gonna have her racing at seven years old. You know, so so a lot of these a lot of these girls that you know grew up with their dads out at the track, uh, now they're old enough to race, and and this is what they know. This is what they love. This is what they believe in. So they've been racing, you know, as long as they can remember, and and uh, and there's, it's it's not just one or two females that are out there here in Sacramento even though there's lots of lots and lots of women that are very good at racing very competitive and uh, like I told you I'm not sure if I'm in their DNA or you know the way that they're set up but they're very good they're very competitive and um, I mean uh, it's, it's all practice and you know and and repetition as far as and dedication so I mean they, they have that they have that drive just like just like anybody else would and uh, so it's not segregated by man or woman you know as being as being a good racer um, there's there's plenty of the of very very good and competitive women out there. Gotcha. And then lastly, I wanted to ask about the safety in the sport. Um, when you get in the car, you strap yourself in. I'm sure you have all kinds of protective gear. And I think, if I remember correctly, you you said primarily you you might be the most concerned about somebody coming across the lane uh, and the the other guy doing something bad. So you so tell tell us about the safety in the sport and, and what that's all about. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we, we all have, uh, there's different regulations on safety, though, depending on how fast your car is. Yes. So, so my car, like I said, I run like around 1140, 1150 uh, in the quarter mile, and the regulations don't really get too strict until 999. So when your car is sub 10 seconds, when it's faster than 10 zero, then, uh, then the safety regulations get a lot tougher. Uh, for me, myself, I have a, a five-point harness, uh, which is a, like a seatbelt mechanism. It's a five-point, though. Um, and uh, it has to stay up to date on SFI regulations. So every two years I have to send it in and get it recertified or buy a new belt. So it's always a, a you know, a solid brand new belt that's on my car. Um, I have to wear a helmet and that's all that's required for me. I have to wear pants, uh, I have to wear long pants. That's, that's all that's required for me um, at, my, at my time of uh, how fast my car is. But you get sub, sub 10 seconds and they have to wear gloves and neck restraints and um, wind, you have to have a window net and, uh, so there's a lot of other regulations, scatter shield on the transmission. Like, so, you know, if your tranny blows, if the, if the converter blows up, it has to be a SFI scatter shield and a tranny, tranny blanket, engine diaper, all these other, all these other SFI approved uh, regulations for safety, uh, just in case something does go astray. But me, myself, at, at, at a mid 11 second car, 117 miles an hour, uh, my car drives like a Cadillac. I could damn near let off the, oh, sorry. I could, I could let off the <laughs> right. though, and, uh, and it'll drive itself right down the center of the track. It's not, it's not, I mean, I've done it so many times. It's not very fast to me. It's not, it doesn't seem very scary, uh, you know, going down the track. But, uh, but like you mentioned, uh, I mean, I'm racing against seven second fast, fast dragsters that are coming at me 
with a you know 70 80 mile an hour split they're coming 190 i'm doing one 117 um so they're passing me up at you know 70 80 miles an hour and and that that is one of my you know back of the mind concerns is that uh not me myself but if they lose control and come over and hit me then then i would want to make sure you know that my my seatbelt is always tight uh my harness is always tight i mean my helmet is always secured you know fastened correctly windows are up and are shut you know and uh everything's in working order on my side just in that you know faint uh chance that something does go astray that's great sure. yeah well henry we want to thank you very much well, you're a fascinating guy the subject is phenomenal I'm, I'm soaking it all in and gaining some knowledge so i'm hopeful that maybe i can persuade bruce or he can persuade me to go out there on that last wednesday night and buy each other a beer and and watch you do your thing that would be fantastic uh, <laughs> man that'd be awesome I, i'd love to see you guys out there and, and even if not uh, if not this year because i know it's getting kind of cold it's uh you know the end of the year and it's pretty cold uh, on wednesday night we start at 5 p.m so the sun's already going down and uh and it's, it's getting pretty cold outside this time of the year but uh but next year though uh, we have another full schedule of racing already up on the website you can check it out sacramentoraceway.com um so uh, i mean uh, definitely if uh, if you guys can't make it out to then just uh, just either go on the website or contact me and uh, i'd love to see you guys come out and hang out with us for a day me, you know meet my dad and meet me in person and uh and, and really get the hands-on feel of what we do and what we go through to get round wins every every race because uh it's real cutthroat man it's tough and uh I mean, we didn't even get into, you know, the, the physics of reaction time and, and running your exact number every time. I mean, down to the thousandth of a second, not not just not just close. Like, oh, you ran 13 seconds on a 12 seconds. That's close. No, that's not close. We're going we're going 1141 with a zero on 1140 dial. Like, I mean, it's it's real cutthroat. It's a, it's it's a it's very uh, um, technical and uh, and to see it in person, I, I'd love to show you guys uh, what what we do. We're gonna make that happen. Yeah. Yep. So we want, we want to thank our guest today, Henry Roberson. I, I want to call you Giselle, even though we never met. <laughs> so yeah, we, <laughs> I want to thank you very much for being our guest today. Uh, my name is James Rea. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich. Please make sure to visit our website, my website, www.theweeklydriver.com. And we will talk to you next time. Take care. See ya. Yeah, James. James Bruce, thank you, man, for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Uh, everybody can follow me on Facebook, Henry Giselle Robertson. That's on Facebook.com, man. I appreciate all the support and uh, fans, and um, thank you for everything, man. I appreciate you guys for doing what you do. Thank you so much, really. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Henry. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and JL-related. Extreme Terrain is dedicated to providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest Jeep parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and enter weekly for your chance to win two 2018 JL Wranglers from now through November 15, 2017.